to breaking news this morning. A building in southern Sydney has been taped off with fears it could collapse after a big sinkhole opened up right next to it. Our reporter Lucy McLeod is there on the scene. Lucy, the office building has started to sag. Good morning, Sally. Yes, it has. And this whole block has been closed off. Businesses shut down. Nobody is allowed inside over fears that this building behind me could collapse. Beneath it is the construction of the new M6 here. And inside those tunnels were workers at 5am this morning when it collapsed right in front of them. Now, incredibly, nobody was injured. They were all evacuated immediately. Right now, engineers and the workers' union are on scene working to assess exactly how this happened and how to make it safe. But this is a risk the Premier knew about uh, and a risk that a lot of residents knew about. Take a listen. I know that the builders of the road regarded that part as one of the most tricky because it's the closest to the surface at only 16 metres, whereas a lot of the rest of the project could be up to 60 metres underground. Now, the project has been shut down completely for the day. Work has gone home. Nobody is inside those tunnels and won't be uh, back to recommence work uh, for quite some time until it's made safe. How long exactly that will be, only time will tell, Sal. Mm, looking very tenuous. All right, thanks for that, Lucy. A row over asylum seekers continues to dominate the final day of campaigning ahead of the Dunkley by-election tomorrow in the outer suburban parts of Melbourne. It's the first real test of the Albanese government and how voters are responding to measures to ease the cost of living crisis. Here's our political reporter, Rob Scott. After eight weeks of campaigning, the race to be the next member for Dunkley has entered the final home straight, uh, with pre-polls in full swing this morning. Both Anthony Albanese and Peter Dutton are on the ground here, out with their candidates, hoping to shore up last-minute support in what is being framed as a test of both of their leaderships. Labor holds the seat on a 6% margin, but internal Liberal polling suggests it could secure a 5% swing, meaning this could be a tight contest. By-elections are tough. Uh, but we've got the best candidate. An outer suburban seat where cost of living pressures are biting, this is exactly the kind of electorate Peter Dutton is targeting ahead of the next federal election. Refusing to back down over the full-scale attack on the government in Parliament yesterday and online. In the wake of news, one of the 149 former immigration detainees released into the community had been charged with sexual assault in Melbourne, an alleged attack which turned out was based on incorrect information when Victoria Police later withdrew the charges, saying they'd got the wrong man. When you're relying on advice from the police authorities, uh, from a statement that uh, had been issued or from media reports that had been confirmed by the minister responsible, uh, I think it's entirely reasonable that you would... Uh, make that the points that we made yesterday. Yesterday showed the problem if you are just negative. On the eve of the Dunkley by-election, triggered by the death of Peter Murphy from cancer, Labor has lost another from its Victorian ranks. The Prime Minister clearly upset as he paid tribute to Senator Linda White, who died overnight after she too lost a battle to cancer. To lose uh, two women in their prime within three months of each other is beyond belief. This by-election will also be the first electoral test of the government's rewrite of the Stage 3 tax cuts. A win here for Labor will be seen as a strong endorsement of its controversial changes. Overseas now in hopes of a ceasefire in the Gaza Strip have dimmed after a shocking incident shortly after an aid convoy passed through an Israeli checkpoint. 
As desperate residents converged on the convoy, gunfire rang out, causing panic. Some reports say more than 100 people have died. Here's David Woywood. Good morning. Well, this is an awful story unfolding inside Gaza that has a number of conflicting and contradicting angles to it. But what we do know is that moments after chaos erupted around this humanitarian convoy, as a crowd of desperate Palestinians swarmed, hoping for some of the life-saving supplies inside these vehicles, reports surfaced of 104 deaths and more than 750 injuries. We were surprised by Israeli tanks, this man says. They came out and opened fire. Another man claims he went to get food and flour when Israeli forces started shooting. Their claims Israel is today denying, only there to secure the humanitarian corridor, it says, releasing this edited footage, admitting warning shots were fired, but only to disperse the crowd. When the hundreds became thousands and things got out, out of hand, the tank commander decided to retreat to avoid harm to the thousands of Gazans that were there. Israel says many of the deaths were caused by spooked Gazan drivers ploughing through the desperate crush of people, their bodies dragged along the beach and behind donkeys to what remains of the Enclave's health service. The International Criminal Court now vowing to investigate. We will be monitoring that investigation closely and pressing for answers. The White House and others confronting the question, will this jeopardise plans for a ceasefire? According to Joe Biden, it will, as today's deaths push the total Palestinian death toll from nearly five months of war to well above 30,000. A sombre vigil has been held overnight for Celeste Mano, the 23-year-old Melbourne woman murdered by a stalker. Friends and family honouring her a day after her killer avoided a life sentence. Here's Hope Wilson. The family of Celeste Mano is furious. The man who killed the 23-year-old Louis Seiko has avoided the maximum penalty of life behind bars. Instead, he was sentenced to 36 years jail. He will be eligible for parole in 30 years. The family is furious. Outside court yesterday, Celeste Mano's mother said the killer showed her daughter no mercy, yet he was granted mercy when he avoided that maximum jail sentence. Last night, the family and friends gathered around Celeste Mano's grave. They planned to be there to honour the life of the 23-year-old, but instead they were united in grief. It was incredibly emotional there at the Whittlesea Cemetery last night, remembering Celeste, family and close friends watching videos and photos of the 23-year-old. Her grave was lined by flowers and candles. Take a listen to a moment from that vigil. Seiko worked with Celeste Mano. He became infatuated with her and started stalking her. Celeste took out an intervention order against him, but he continued to send her dozens of messages. In November 2020, Seiko broke into Celeste Mano's Mernda home and stabbed her to death. It was Celeste's mother that found her laying there covered in blood. There was nothing they could do to save Celeste Mano. Louis Seiko will now be eligible for parole in 2050. Her mother says a murderer should never be allowed out to murder again.